welcome, friend, to Godly Voice Notes, a podcast which explores how we can live holy lives as ordinary people called to live extraordinarily in Christ Jesus. May this be a sacred space of informal and rich conversation in which we fearlessly address gritty issues with sincerity, fun and practical application. I hope that together we grow, question and pray on this journey deeper into our God-given faith and that through it we are equipped to become more God-fearing, spirit-hungry and biblically grounded. Today I want to discuss the importance of touch. This is um, something I've thought about a lot and it's really relevant at the moment during Covid when our physical touch is so restricted to the point of not being able to interact normally with friends, family, colleagues, maybe only seeing one at a time and when that's the case having to be two metres apart. It's a time when I think a lot of us without realising it are really missing physical touch and it's something that perhaps isn't very easy to talk about or perhaps isn't something that we've thought about a lot. So I just want to start by reading some verses from the Bible, which I think really show the power of touch. So these are a few verses from times that we see the power of Jesus's touch in people's lives. So first of all, from Luke 6, then Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, along with a great number of people from all over Judea, Jerusalem and the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those troubled by unclean spirits were healed. The entire crowd was trying to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Then Matthew 9, the story of the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will get well. Then Matthew 8, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. This was a leper, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Finally, Matthew 17. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground and were terrified. And Jesus came to them and touched them and said, get up and do not be afraid. We can see the power of Jesus's touch. And it's something we talk about a lot, Jesus's touch. What does that mean? Obviously, for those people at that time, it was a physical touch from Jesus, the living person. But we can also feel Jesus's touch in our lives and we can share that with others in a multitude of ways but one of the ways is physical touch. For me at the moment I have to say I'm really missing just normal physical touch with other people and a few years ago I read a book which you may have heard of by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages and it talks about the different ways that we give and receive love And the fact that sometimes we assume that the other person understands that we are showing love because we're showing it in the way that we would recognise love. But in fact, we find that 
they might have a different main love language. So the five languages that he talks about are words of affirmation. So when we encourage one another, build one another up. Physical touch, which we're talking about today. Receiving and giving gifts. Quality time and acts of service when we do things for one another. And I remember when I read this book, I found it very helpful to understand myself more, to understand my friends and my family more. And for me, physical touch came out as the thing that I find most important. And I found that interesting when I analysed my own family members to find that actually um, physical touch might not be as important for them. And I think growing up, um, I really struggled by not having a lot of physical touch in our family. And since then, we've become more, uh, yeah, better at physical touch, which has helped me a lot. But I think as a child, I didn't know that's what I was lacking. And it's been really helpful to find out about that. But whether or not it's your main love language or not, touch is important to all of us. There's a fascinating study uh, that's recently been released by the BBC, which was a study um, funded by the Wellcome Trust in collaboration with BBC Radio 4. I haven't listened to the radio series yet, uh, but there is, um, I think it's a five part series on the anatomy of touch. The titles are things like Touch Hunger, Don't Touch, Touch Culture, Health and Touch, Digital Touch. So it's obviously something that our society is thinking about at the moment. And I found one of the articles that they've produced really interesting. It shows more about the science of touch, the fact that we, when we're touched by someone that we love and trust, we release endorphins, we release hormones such as oxytocin, which is known to be a bonding hormone. But also, we don't, as humans, like touch from people that we don't know and don't trust. And actually, that can be quite damaging. I hadn't realised how under-researched touch is as a topic. So apparently, for every one scientific papers that is written on the subject of touch, there'll be a hundred on the topic of vision. So it's probably something that we don't understand as much about as we could But at the same time, there are some areas of touch which are really well researched. So, for example, there's something called kangaroo mother care or kangaroo baby care, which was developed in the 1970s as a way of improving the health of premature babies who might not have had any access to incubators. And essentially, it's where the baby has skin to skin contact, usually with its parent and most commonly with its mother. And it's been shown to have huge benefits to both the baby and the mother. And there's also been research to show um, it's also beneficial for the father to do it and even non-family members of the baby. So some of the things seem quite obvious. For example, it improves bonding. It increases the amount of breast milk that the mother would produce. But there are other things that I think are less obvious. For example, it helps to stabilise a baby's body temperature, which is really important. In preterm babies, he can get very cold very quickly. It also can stabilise the oxygen requirement of the baby and keep its blood glucose uh, more stable. It can increase the mother's confidence and it can actually decrease mortality and hospital acquired infections for the baby as well as improving their weight gain. So it's a hugely 
beneficial practice and essentially it's just very simple skin to skin contact and I spent some time out in South Africa as part of my training at medical school and I was at a hospital which had a very very strong focus on uh, breastfeeding and part of that was that they had a lot of kangaroo mother care they had a whole ward for mothers to stay on and the fathers could come in during the day where they would be practicing and be supported in their kangaroo um and it was really really beautiful and really an interesting thing to learn more about and I'm obviously still learning about this but it's well known scientifically that your skin is the largest organ of the body and it's got special receptors in it which receive touch and one thing I found interesting in some of the BBC work on the anatomy of touch was the fact that actually our bodies respond well to a certain pace of touch, a certain sort of the natural human stroke on the skin is actually very comforting. And also we don't exactly know the role of hair on the skin, but it it may be that actually hair helps us to feel that touch and to interpret that touch. As with animals who might groom one another, it can be very comforting and it can improve social bonding. It can uh, strengthen the community bonds, for example, in apes. So yeah, really, I just think it's really interesting. And I think it's important for us to know how much we need and enjoy touch in a time when we really are being restricted in terms of how much we can interact physically with one another. I saw a really powerful picture recently of two healthcare workers clad from head to toe in uh, personal protective equipment, sort of the higher level uh, PPE, and they were giving each other a huge hug. And it was, I found it a really moving photo because it really shows the humanity in a situation which is quite clinical and sterile and personally working in hospitals I think it's really important and really difficult sometimes to remember the more emotional human side when there's a high pressure to deal with the clinical workload. So just to share some of my own experiences as I've already said I grew up in a family where touch wasn't a particularly essential part of the way we interacted. We weren't a family who kissed one another or hugged particularly frequently when I was growing up. Obviously being British, I think British culture doesn't have a lot of touch as compared to some other cultures. So for example, I lived in Switzerland for a few months and in Switzerland, at least the part I was living in, the standard way to greet would be to exchange libis, which is the kisses, essentially. And in the area I was in, you would give three kisses. So uh, one on one side, one on the other, and then back to the first side you started on. And it was a very standard greeting. I found it a little bit strange at first, not being used to it, not having grown up in that culture. But by the end, I found it so useful it was really really made me realize in the UK we don't have a particular way of greeting we don't have a standard way of greeting and I often feel quite awkward when I'm meeting someone who perhaps isn't like a very very close friend but I'm I know them fairly well or meeting someone who's new for the first time 
I don't know whether to shake their hand, especially as a woman. I think men do that a bit more. I don't know whether to give them a hug or awkwardly wave or not really move. And I think what I liked about that culture of exchanging exchanging kisses is that you had to sort of put in effort. It was, you know, an active thing. And so you were sort of both making an effort with each other. And I guess... British people maybe see it as a bit it's a bit intimate but actually when you get used to it it doesn't feel like that it's very much like shaking someone's hand it's very it just feels very normal and yet I think it is a bit warmer than most of the other ways that you can greet one another and it reminded me of the bible where it says greet one another with a holy kiss obviously we don't do that anymore but there is something quite warm and quite hospitable welcoming friendly almost like a familial kind of feeling and that was another thing I found interesting about the BBC article on the anatomy of touch they said that they interviewed or studied um, people from 112 different countries and the two most common words they found in every region of the world that people use to describe touch were comforting and warm and I just found that really interesting and really affirming actually because we do want to comfort others we do want to be warm towards others so I think this is something we need to learn actually we need to learn the language of touch and obviously when you're growing up you know as a child you learn what's appropriate and what's inappropriate and and that will differ between different cultures but I think we should always strive to be comforting and always strive to be warm So continuing with my own personal journey, I went to an international school for a couple of years and one of the things that struck me very quickly was the difference in touch culture, if I can put it like that. So I've already talked about sort of exchanges of kisses, which happens in a lot of Latin American countries, Francophone countries, but I also saw how much more tactile uh, certain people were. And obviously I don't want to stereotype, but... For example, I noticed with a lot of people from Latin America, they were much more comfortable with being physically intimate, um, even amongst friends. And at first I found it very strange, but I actually learned to really enjoy much more uh, tactile friendships. And I think that's something I've definitely brought back to my culture in the UK in my family certainly we're much more tactile than we used to be and personally I just enjoy that sort of you know greeting people with a with a big warm hug and I also have learned over the years that that's not um something that everyone enjoys and that's really important to recognize and it's really important to respect one another and you can even have a conversation about it you know I've had conversations with friends about that in the past, about whether or not they like to hug to greet and are we willing to do it anyway or shall we not do it? (laughs) Um, Perhaps a little bit of amusing conversation, but that's okay. And again, this uh, article, this study from the BBC showed exactly what I'm talking about, that some people, most people enjoy physical touch, but actually some people really don't. They found that 72% of people reported positive feelings about touch, whereas 27 reported negative feelings. So because of that, we can't assume everyone uh, likes interpersonal touch. Um, And I think it's just really good to learn how to explore that 
in a mature way like when you're starting to get to know someone touch them on the arm during a conversation and just see how they react some people will react warmly and other people will sort of recoil and if so you you go forward from there and you say okay they really don't like being touched or great they do they do like being touched and that's something we can build on you know maybe I'll give them a hug next time I see them obviously with covid touch is very restricted but what I found interesting about this study is that they found even prior to covid a lot of people feel they didn't have enough touch in their lives so the study was done from January to uh, March and a week of that was during uh, UK lockdown but most of the study time wasn't during lockdown and they found that over half so 54% of people said they had too little touch in their lives with only 3% saying they had too much and I think that's actually a really important interesting thing to take account of because that means over half of the people you know would actually like more physical touch in their lives and I'm not saying go overboard but just being aware of that can be quite empowering because it means that you can be a bit more free with hugs and physical touch now of course that isn't possible in covid which is really sad (laughs) but hopefully it's something we can build back into our culture because we we do have an opportunity post-covid hopefully if that day comes of being able to shape our culture how we go forward so finally i would like to have a look at what the bible says about touch and i've just googled that and found it quite interesting to look through different verses that talk about touch before we look at specific examples i think one thing that's really important to remember is that god is physical in the sense that he made a physical world he didn't need to make the world like this and this is how he chose for it to be he sent his son jesus to be on earth physically emmanuel god with us there are many ways of interacting with god in a physical way for example the sacraments which are tangible or physical part of god showing his love to us so for example communion the body and blood of Jesus represented or physically in the bread and the wine. Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood. And we receive those things. We receive those physical gifts which represent or convey the physical body and blood of Jesus. We take part in baptism which represents or conveys the dying to self and being cleansed in water and reborn to new life with Jesus. I found looking at passages in the Old Testament there was a lot about how touching something unclean could be unhelpful or touching something holy which could either be something which was warned against for example touching the holy mountain or touching the ark of god to the point of leading to death or it could be something that was very helpful for example touching the altar or the dedicated priest conveying holiness to the person touching and for me some of those things are a bit difficult to put into context today but i think what i do take away from that is that touch can be very powerful and touch can be really positive but touch can also be really negative and that's certainly something I've seen in the world sadly there are many people who have been very very damaged by touch which has been inappropriate and um, that's really important to realize that 
all the good gifts that God gives us, such as touch, which I think is a really positive gift, can actually also be broken and abused and used to hurt people. And that might affect how people feel about touch later in their lives. And I think we need to be really sensitive to that and come alongside people on their healing journey to rediscover the positives in that or to allow them space to engage in different ways of interacting and that's one of the things I do love about the love languages book rather than seeing it as a sort of categories that we slot ourselves into seeing it as there being a multitude of ways of expressing love and giving and receiving love and thinking right I want to be a multilinguist how do I learn you know for example I might be quite confident in physical touch but I'm less good at gifts so how do I get better at that and how do I interact with people who that's their main love language and see it as a a challenge and a way of growing. We also see in the bible the power of God's touch so in the psalms it talks about God touching the mountains and that causing them to smoke which is quite a powerful image. God touches the socket of Jacob's hip causing it to dislocate when they're wrestling together which again is just really revealing of how powerful uh, God's touch can be. In Jeremiah God touches his mouth, God touches the mouth of someone in Isaiah which talks about that leading to the forgiveness of sins. In Daniel again there's the touching of the, the lips and it seems to be associated with prophecy. We also see the power of touch in Jesus' life. So I read earlier that passage of the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. She was so convicted and so confident that touching Jesus would be enough. And Jesus feels that power going out from him. And it was her faith that led to her believing that that was all she needed was a touch from Jesus. And it's quite amazing to think that that's even the most minor of interactions with Jesus can be so powerful because it's both a minor interaction and also a really intimate interaction because touch is intimate and even though she was just touching his cloak she connected really with his power and his healing and there's examples of people bringing children to Jesus to be touched and Jesus touching the eyes of blind people causing them to see touching the ear of uh, the person who was wounded in the garden of Gethsemane when uh, one of the disciples cut his ear off in retaliation to seeing that they were about to take Jesus away and Jesus' touch led to healing which is just incredible and also it's not just Jesus's touch which is powerful but also the power that touch has for us so for example Thomas wasn't willing to believe that Jesus had risen again until he saw and touched the scars in Jesus's hands and feet and we often think about that story as teaching us uh, that seeing is believing and we should have faith to believe even when we don't see but I think the story actually also shows that touching is believing and actually we really trust our sense of touch and it's yeah it's quite a powerful image to think of that disciple putting his fingers into the wounds of Jesus hands and also uh, Jesus touching the lepers and healing them and the words that's used there is cleansing them so 
that idea that touch can be cleansing as well, can be purifying. And again, in COVID, we're thinking about washing our hands all the time. So um, it's that idea that actually touch can be clean or unclean and we can bless or curse others with how we touch them, whether we touch them with a dirty hand or a clean hand. I think it's really difficult at the moment to be deprived of touch and it's not particular to this time. There have been other times in history where that's the case, during the plague, during the Great Wars, uh, times of conflict when um, perhaps one person out of a marriage partnership is sent away. Lots and lots of people have endured times of long distance during romantic relationships. Quite often people can be separated due to uh, health problems or due to war, conflict, uh, disease, all sorts of things. And I was just reading something that was talking about the need to be creative when we are separated, when we do need physical touch and we cannot have it. It's really important to be creative. And I think one of the ways of doing that in COVID um, is things like video calls. Obviously, you can make them a little bit more physically interactive by smiling, waving, using language, which is helpful, like or related to touch, like, oh, I wish I could give you a hug or sending things um, to those they love that are physical to remind them of them. Um, I was reading, you know, some people say, well, I'll book a massage in for my partner if I can't be with them or send something physical like a jumper that smells of me I thought that was quite interesting so yeah we've looked today at the power and the importance of touch I realize it's not everybody's most comfortable topic but I think it's something that's relevant to all of us and important to at least think about where you kind of fall on the spectrum of how much you enjoy physical touch who you enjoy physical touch from um, who in your life maybe is in need of a bit more physical touch and perhaps that's something that you could be there for perhaps that's something that you could give um, them clearly uh, touch can have a healing property it was very powerful way that jesus healed people but can also be um healing in the sense we looked with the kangaroo mother care um just normal touch between a parent and child can be really powerful and that's also true of friends and family can be really helpful we lay hands when we're often when we're praying for people uh, so it has a spiritual component as a doctor uh, we examine our patients by touching them to find out where the disease is and how we can heal that and um, in surgery we might physically need to take diseased components out and touch can be very comforting and encouraging so perhaps you could just take a moment to just reflect on how you feel about touch and whether there's something that god wants to be challenging you about or a person that he's calling you to be a bit more physical with I'm going to close in prayer. Lord God, you are mighty. You are creative. You are the God who physically sent us your son, who touched many. When he lived, he healed people through his touch. He gave sight. He opened um, ears, eyes, minds. We pray that you would touch us now. We pray that you'd help us to understand a bit more about how 
we feel about touch. Thank you for creating us to be beings that are sensitive to the touch of others. We pray for healing for those who have um, been touched in ways that have been damaging. We pray you give us confidence um, to um, be more physical when it's needed. We pray that you would draw close to all of those who feel lonely in this time of social distancing and restricted uh, physical interaction. Thank you that you are the God of comfort and that you know what it is to be separated physically from those who you love. Amen. I pray you've been inspired, encouraged and challenged. If so, please subscribe to the podcast and if you know anyone else who you think would find it useful, then please share this with friends, families and your church groups. Feel free to contact us with any topic ideas or if you feel inspired to come on as a guest. Most importantly, go out this week and shine like stars for the Lord. Bye.